Good evening, everybody. Today is Thursday, August 20th, 2020, 8 20 2020. My name is Bill Woodcock, and you're listening or watching to another edition of Forward Maryland. With me, as always, is my indefeatable, indefigatable, I can't remember the word. Anyway, my indomitable co host, Jason Booms. Jason, how's your week going? <laughs> <laughs> it is going fantastic. Thanks for the intro. Uh, I, I feel undeserving of it, but I am making a lot of progress in, in my, uh, in my uh, well, time working at the home. I, I think I'm this close to solving the D.B. Cooper mystery, uh, inspired uh, by just going down the well of YouTube videos on, uh, on crime stories. So I'm spending my time very productively. How are you, Bill? Well, uh, I, I have to say I haven't had any major breakthroughs like that, but uh, uh, I am interested. Where the hell is DB? Can you give us a preview when you when you release your findings? <laughs> uh, I'll give you my, my best uh, uh, estimates uh, prior to uh, you know whatever research I might uncover for you know money. Uh, but uh, yeah, I'll, I'll drop some hints here. Oh, okay. Or would these be interspersed throughout the podcast? Or are you just going to blurt out in a motherless <laughs> scenario or, or, or wait to the end? Or you're just going to hold that? You know, I, I'd say stay tuned if you want to hear more, but you may not hear more until another podcast from now. So stay tuned as more will follow. <laughs> Here's a tagline. Oh, I hope I didn't just insult you. Um, <laughs> With us this evening, yeah, I know, we just got in trouble, right? I just got us in trouble. I don't <laughs> understand why I did that. Uh, people don't like being referenced. What can I say? Um, anyway, we have a terrific show this evening or morning or afternoon, whenever you are listening or watching this. Um, and uh, I'm very, uh, very pleased to uh, bring a uh, veteran investigative reporter to our show tonight to talk about uh, issues of environmental health and safety. You know, uh, it's been a very common theme on our podcast to uh, write about and talk about things that are getting um, obscured from view uh, during the current uh, state of the news cycle and the current state of of how things uh, move uh, in the uh, news and information cycle of the world today. And uh, with that in mind, I would like to uh, introduce Pat Elder. He is an investigative reporter with Civilian Exposure. It, and for uh, your web pleasure, it is www.civilianexposure, all one word, .org. It's an organization based in Camp Lejeune, North Carolina, that tracks the contamination of chemicals from military bases into water supplies that affect civilians in the U.S. and throughout the world. Uh, Pat's, uh, Pat's uh, uh, chemical of interest are polyfluoroalkyl substances. Uh, I said that much better than I did indef indefatigable. Uh, earlier a couple minutes ago, um, and uh, they, these are some very dangerous chemicals. These are chemicals that have been well known to, uh, they accumulate in the environment for decades. They have been linked and are well known to be causes of uh, kidney and prostate cancer, uh, amongst others. And uh, they're better known, so you don't have to produce that word, uh, pronounce that word, uh, as PFAS. So Pat's work on PFAS appears on a website called www.militarypoisons.org. Pat, welcome to the show this evening. Oh, thanks, Bill. And uh, thank you, too, uh, Jason. Um, All right. So, so to start... Um, Tell me about about the about the history of you know of of uh, polyfluoroalkyl substances PFAS um, how you got involved in it and you know how were these things developed and, and how are they used? Well, it goes all the way back to 1938 uh, in the uh, labs of uh, Dupont uh, Chemicals back in New Jersey. 
and uh, chemists were um, always experimenting. And actually, it was an accident. Uh, and they merged uh, fluoride substances on the one hand with carbon. And uh, they realized that uh, the fluorine and the carbon uh, tends to come together to create a bond that is the strongest bond uh, ever developed by, by people. Um, and so when they created an eight carbon chain molecule uh, with each uh, you know, carbon atom being fluoridated by two or more fluorine atoms, if any of that makes any sense, um, they, they created uh, a, um, a chemical that um, is the strongest chemical ever produced. Uh, it repels fire better than anything ever produced ever since. This goes back to 1938. Um, and it repels grease and dirt better than anything else as well. And so immediately it was noticed that you, it had all kinds of applications. You could spray it on boots and they didn't get wet. You could put it on a fire and it would go out immediately, especially your type B fires, which are fires that are you know, petroleum-based, like super hot fires. Uh, and the substance was immediately used during the Manhattan Project um, and was indispensable in helping to develop the, uh, the Trinity bomb uh, you know, uh, during uh, World War II in 1945. Um, and then shortly thereafter, um, you know, several patents and, uh, and the stuff began to be used uh, for commercial purposes, coating carpets, uh, coating rain gear, uh, firefighting suits, but most importantly, and the number one way this stuff makes it into the environment and into our bodies is through uh, firefighting exercises on military bases. So, I mean, in a nutshell, what, what they did um, in literally thousands and thousands of, of cases is they would, uh, um, and this is the Air Force, um, Army, Navy, and Marines, dig a 200 foot diameter crater, usually two to three feet deep, and they would fill it with, um, uh, you know, jet fuel and, uh, and various types of uh, waste oil, and they'd ignite it, and then they'd put it out with this stuff, um, this PFAS-laced aqueous film-forming foam, A-F-F-F. And, um, you know, they did so for, oh gosh, uh, 1969 was the beginning. And they're still using the stuff today. Um, the military just last year has promised they won't use it in uh, practice uh, anymore. But they still use it in cases of emergency. And they still have plenty of stocks on hand. Um, the problem with the stuff is that it doesn't break down. Uh, that bond, uh, you know, that I mentioned initially between the uh, carbon and fluoride, it just doesn't go away. And Bill, you mentioned in the beginning that um, the stuff doesn't break down for decades. They're called forever chemicals. And its breakdown time can be compared more to the half-life of, of nuclear waste. I mean, this, we're talking about thousands and thousands of years. Um, and it's bioaccumulative, which means when it gets into biota, when it gets into plant life, when it gets into fish, when it gets into humans, it just accumulates. So you might have, uh, you know, a, a river with 3,000 parts per trillion of this PFAS stuff in it from military base, uh, you know, usage of the stuff, but fish with two and three million parts per trillion, which then, of course, is consumed by us. So, um, you know, and then last uh, is that um, it's been linked to um, a half a dozen types of cancer, uh, you know, kidney, testicular, um, thyroid uh, problems, uh, immunity problems, pancreatic, uh, liver, uh, kidney, I mentioned that. Also developmental problems with the fetus. The, uh, the stuff carries through a mother's milk and it also carries through the umbilical cord. Virtually all American babies are born with the stuff in their bodies and most Americans, 99% of us we believe, have PFAS in their bodies. 
um, it causes a, a host of, of problems. So it's, it's something that, um, you know, the EPA uh, is not acting on. If the, in a nutshell, the EPA begins to regulate the stuff under the Superfund Act, then there'd be tremendous liability for the military. And many of us believe that's the reason why the EPA um, has left it up to the individual states. And Maryland has been asleep at the switch. And, you know, you can go to several websites by simply Googling, I don't know, PFAS, states, legislatures, regulations, and you'll see that, you know, states like Minnesota and Massachusetts and Michigan have 10, 15 regulations each. And Maryland lazily got around to its first regulation last year, which really doesn't accomplish much. Yeah, yeah. I, and as, as I was doing my background research on, on this topic, I came across this website, Green Building Law Update. And there was an article that, that, um, that uh, was headlined, Maryland is the first state to legislate the permitted use of PFAS. Plus, as I'm looking through uh, the state government's website, I, I uh, saw the uh, name of the Maryland uh, Department of the Environment Secretary, a gentleman by the name of Ben Grumbles. And uh, this person has been in office ever since Governor Hogan uh, took over as governor in January 2015. And... Uh, and I'm sorry to get a little bit political for a second, but uh, as much as uh, uh, Governor Hogan says he has serious concerns about uh, President Trump, he certainly uh, took something out of the Trump playbook before uh, Trump even had a playbook. And he seems to have appointed a person uh, to manage a, a department, a cabinet department, who really has very little interest in the portfolio in which they manage. Uh, as it seems that uh, Grumbles was a, uh, a uh, pro-industry, a pro-chemical industry, um, you know, executive. Um, you know, what what is, I mean, and, and I also, I mean, getting back to your point about the DOD installations, I mean, Maryland has so many uh, DOD installations, Fort Detrick, Aberdeen Proving Grounds, Fort Meade, dozens um, I can't imagine that this is not a big issue and that, you know, there's lots of PFAS in, in Maryland's runoff. And in fact, I, you know, I came across data that, that state as such. So, you know, why, um, you know, as, as much as Maryland is a environmentally conscious state, loves the Bay, loves our rivers and our, and our tributaries and such, you know, why is, why is Maryland, you know, what, what's going on here in this state? Well, I worked with uh, Delegate Sarah Love last year, um, and I went to her with um, about 12 or 15 points um, that um, I had gleaned from, uh, from other states, and uh, yeah, I spoke with um, members of uh, the Sierra Club's, uh, you know, toxic team and um, others across the, the country, especially uh, scientists with Northeastern University uh, and the Environmental Working Group. Um, and uh, we know what we have to do. And so I presented the Delegate Love, who's a progressive Democrat, uh, with this litany of uh, a legislative wish list and probably the lowest lying fruit out there, um, you know, is that you, it's what Maryland chose to do. Um, and it's, it's a step in the right direction. I don't mean to badmouth it so much, but um, they, the state of Maryland outlawed, um, they prohibit the use of PFAS in firefighting foams at municipal firehouses for practice, which is good, you know, because it's going to take a one separate stream of PFAS out of the environment. So, I mean, I applaud that. Um, the problem is, of course, that most European nations have switched years ago, and and almost all major European airport hubs use uh, fluorine-free foams, and 
many European militaries, it will soon be all military militaries in Europe uh, because the uh, European Union is now switching uh, to entirely, uh, you know, they're going to ban all PFAS, including, of course, in firefighting foam. So perfectly capable non-fluoride firefighting foam, 3F we call it, fluorine-free foams, exist. And so Maryland, in the meantime, actually has a line in the legislation that says nothing herein will, you know, make it illegal to use the stuff. It's perfectly valid to use PFAS in the state of Maryland. No, that's not the way you want to go. You need to get rid of this stuff. It doesn't break down. If it's in wires that are discarded, you know, wires that are coating, and that's discarded in the landfill, it seeps into the water. It doesn't break down. It gets into the creeks, it gets into the bay. You know, if, if it winds up in, uh, in the sewer stream, which it often does through military bases, then that sludge is slathered on farm fields and we're consuming that. And the PFA doesn't break down. It goes into the ground still. We can't get rid of the stuff. When they try to incinerate it, for goodness sakes, um, you got to get those incinerator stacks up past 2000 Fahrenheit. And most incinerators don't go that high. So we had a case in New York and Coho's um, earlier this year. Uh, no, actually at, at the end of 2019, they stopped it where the military was actually incinerating this stuff. And they did tests on people's lawns and found that it wasn't burnt. It was still there. It's firefighting foam, for goodness sakes. Of course it's tough to burn. Yeah, one more question, and then I'll, I'll, I'll pass it over to Jason. But PFAS, or I, I keep wanting to say PFAS. It's the science dork in me wanting to say that. Yeah. I, I remember about 10, 15 years ago that polyfluorocarbons in, say, plastic tubes that were going into people's stents and, and were being used for medical reasons, people were having... Uh, big time allergic and and like toxic shock syndrome sorts of yeah. reactions. Yeah, yeah. And I remember I, I could have sworn that those things were were banned out of out of plastic tubing on a federal level. Why are why aren't these chemicals banned? Well, um, because there's not the no political will to ban them. <laughs> uh, you know the the military um, uh, uses them. Uh, and they use them for wide applications, for chrome plating, for degreasing, for firefighting, um, especially on ships. And they've not given up on, on using them on ships. They never will because it'll snuff out a fire. They claim better than anything else, although the Europeans beg to differ. So you just don't have the political will um, to, to, to put it out. And, uh, but your earlier point about uh, Ben Grumbles, the... Uh, you know, the head of Maryland's Department of the Environment. You know, I had uh, my water tested here um, on St. Inigo's Creek. I live in St. Mary's City, you know, where all the fourth graders go <laughs> once a year. I mean, <laughs> once in their lifetime. And um, I'm actually um, on a really historic spot. It's where St. Inigo's Creek or Ignatius Loyola Creek empties into the St. Mary's River. And uh, you know, we daily get the foam. There's a, a uh, Webster Field annex of the Patuxent River Naval Air Test Center, 2,400 feet across the creek, and there's a hangar there. And they use the stuff there, I believe, for about 30 years. And so daily, the foam builds up on our on a, my beach. So um, I tested the water in, uh, gosh, February, and the results came back showing 1,894 uh, parts per trillion of PFAS, which is astronomical levels. Um, and, and so when the results were published and picked up by the local press um, and other press, um, the, uh, the head of, uh, you know, a, a spokesman for the Maryland Department of the Environment said that if the chemicals exist in Elders Creek, uh, because we don't know the efficacy of elders testing regime. Well, the lab I use is the University of Michigan's biological laboratory using uh, the gold standard EPA um, 538 version one for testing PFAS. Anyway, the guy says, well, this stuff could come from many different sources. 
elder can't just point to the military. It could come from landfills or it could come from fire stations. This individual is the state of Maryland's uh, in charge of um, monitoring federal Superfund cleanups. And, uh, you know, we have a uh, landfill um, at the St. Andrews landfill here in St. Mary's. It's 11 miles away. We have a firehouse at Valley Lee. It's six miles away. I've got an airport hangar that's 2,400 feet across the creek where they used this stuff for 30 years. And I think that's where it came from. And, and so you have Maryland's top officials saying, um, it probably came from anywhere else, just kind of casting this doubt on the whole program. What's up with that? What, what could possibly explain it? You know, in Connecticut and in Minnesota and in Michigan, these state officials, they're they alarmed. They see tests like this and they say, oh my God, are people eating the fish? They're testing fish. Just to give you a sense, in Wisconsin, Lake Monoma, right outside of Truax Air Force Base, They've got a regulation now that says you can't eat fish out of waters higher than 12 parts per trillion for PFAS. I've got 1,800 parts per trillion PFAS here, and we can eat all the crabs and oysters and fish. Imagine what would happen in Maryland if all of a sudden, all of a sudden, they said, oh, you can't eat crabs in Maryland anymore, or you can't eat the oysters. We found oysters with 1.1 million parts per trillion right outside of the Pax River Naval Air Station near Solomons. That was back in, actually in 02. But I mean, you see the point here, um, other states are way ahead of us. It's like Maryland is only now beginning to wake up. However, Grumbles does say, this is of utmost importance because he knows that, um, you know, that the state has been asleep. And so has the Baltimore Sun. And the Baltimore Sun has not reported on this stuff and I have hounded them <laughs> And they finally ran a front page story. They put me on the cover of the Baltimore Sun on Sunday's edition about six or seven weeks ago. And it was above and below the fold. And then a massive coverage, like you know how they do on, you know, like A8 and A9. I mean, they really gave it a spin, basically saying, hey, Maryland, where you been? But mm -hmm. hey, Baltimore Sun, where you been too? Right. Uh, so I uh, don't mean to go on too no, I, Jason, man, yeah. <laughs> sorry, buddy. No problem at all. Yeah, man. <laughs> now, well, actually, I've I've got a, a couple of questions. One is a follow up. Uh, you talked about the the movement of the Europeans towards uh, using a foam that uh, uh, is uh, fluorine free, doesn't have that uh, strong chemical bond that uh, PFAS does. Um, are there any militaries in the world uh, besides the Americans that are still using this particular product? Um, well, you know, because of NATO uh, mm -hmm. in Europe, they all do. Mm -hmm. And um, so like in Germany, they've, they're they in the process of banning it and their, their uh, municipal airports don't use it anymore. And their, you know, municipal firehouses don't use it anymore. But it is used, let's say, at Ramstein Air Base or uh, Spangdalem Air Base. Mm -hmm. now, outside of Spangdalem Air Base is a good example there's a little town called Whitlichland, and I actually, I spoke there two years ago, had a church of, no, of 900 people in a church listen mm -hmm. to me speak on PFAS. Mm -hmm. You know, they're alarmed. I mean, they've taken asparagus and strawberry off the, off the market because it's contaminated from the rivers coming from Spangdalem, coming from Buchel, coming from Ramstein. And, um, you know, this little town of Whitlichland, uh, actually went to court to sue the United States Air Force for the contamination. They sued him for the contamination because it was going into the municipal water system. I mean, mm -hmm. into the municipal uh, uh, wastewater system. And mm -hmm. so they would have the sludge and the sludge was tested, you know, and it was, of course, you just spread it on farm fields. And the German Federal Republic, the, the, the feds in Germany said, you can't put that stuff on your farm fields anymore because it's going to poison German people. And so mm -hmm. they, they, they said, well, we're not allowed to sue the Americans. We tried to sue the Americans. They say because of the SOFA agreement, which is status of forces agreement, we're not allowed to sue them. So mm -hmm. they, they're suing the federal government of Germany. And that is pending in court. That'll be interesting uh, because throughout Germany, you have uh, 
contaminated lakes and streams and poisonous fish. People aren't allowed to eat. And you can eat it here. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, and actually, I was uh, I was going to ask you about that. Just given the fact that uh, you know the United States is uh, is uh, exerts its uh, military uh, power, projects a power worldwide. Uh, and actually, I'm looking at the Military Poisons website. I'm seeing a picture from an Okinawa uh, <laughs> taken in 2013. It looks like a, a field covered with snow, but it's actually PFAS-laced foam. Uh, and I was, I was wondering to what extent, I mean, you mentioned the German example. Are there other places around the world where uh, local interests and other uh, state actors or others are saying, hey, uh, you know, this, you're, you're wrecking the environment, <laughs> uh, or, or the, you know, the, the, the food system in our country. Can you, can you please stop? Anyone else doing that? Well, I mean, you brought up the Okinawa case. Absolutely, in Okinawa. I mean, there's always been a uh, very strong um, environmental presence and an anti-military presence in Okinawa. And I actually worked with um, several, um, you know, representatives from Okinawa and in Japan who are representatives of the Japanese diet and 69 members of um, the uh, parliament in Japan uh, wrote a letter um, back uh, in uh, March uh, to the um, United States uh, you know, military uh, demanding that the military open up their bases to Japanese inspection. Of course, the Japanese and the Americans have a SOFA agreement as well and their request was denied. Um, but I, I mean, it's kind of a moot point as far as I'm concerned. We know where the contamination is coming from. You can see the stuff coming out of the, out of the wells. Um, so, but the United States uh, in uh, overseas areas claims that because of uh, national security and their security and these agreements, uh, there's nothing that people in these countries can do uh, regarding the contamination of PFAS. I mean, it's the same thing in America. I mean, we've had, heck, uh, cases in New Mexico and, and Michigan where um, people have sued, states have sued, you know, the federal government and the Trump administration has responded in U.S. District Court in both cases claiming sovereign immunity. And if you really read the briefs, <laughs> basically they're saying, hey, yeah, okay, you know, we're poisoning you. We, we get it. Uh, but we have the right to do that, and uh, there's nothing you can do about it. <laughs> that is horrifying. <laughs> um, I, I laugh, but I, I'm, I'm not surprised. But nonetheless, it's uh, uh, from, from a legal perspective uh, or, or strategy, it's uh, very disconcerting. Um, I do have one more question for you. Uh, in terms of whether it's um, a, a data point or was it a personal story that you had heard that really drove home the importance of this issue for you? Well, there were two things um, that, that moved me. Um, I had um, I spent 20 years cobbling a, a life together uh, through various grants um, in a countering recruitment campaign. I wrote mm -hmm. a book uh, that did actually pretty well, uh, Military Recruiting in the United States. And yep. uh, so I, I've been involved in, in that kind of anti-militarism in the schools, you know, where they'd say, okay, all you black kids in Alabama have to sit down and take a, you know, a military test. And everybody seems to be okay with that. And they, they don't even go to the wealthy white schools. <clears throat> so that, you know, that was a fight, but we didn't get um, uh, too far with that. And kind of, I, I was at a conference in uh, Minnesota uh, three years ago, and I heard uh, Pat Hines, who was EPA's woman of the year of 2009, uh, we were on a panel together on military contamination. I was speaking mm -hmm. briefly on, uh, you know, the uh, JROTC firing ranges in 2,200 high school cafeterias and, you know, the airborne lead, and maybe it's not a very good idea to have lead settling on cafeteria tables. I mean, we actually had uh, uh, legislation introduced in Maryland that didn't go anywhere because we couldn't get Maryland's uh, Democratic, uh, you know, uh, bosses to get behind it because they were afraid it was anti-military. All we were calling for is just uh, a cessation of the use of lead. I got a little off track, but Pat Hines spoke about burn pits, and she said that there's this new developing chemical um, that uh, you know it's actually been around for 60 years, but
but it is killing people. It is genetically changing people and uh, we can't get around it. And uh, that was when I first found out about it. Pat Hines and I are working still together today. And then there was a story in the um, in Military Times. Military Times is is actually uh, a very good uh, uh, journalistic uh, newspaper. It's a Gannett publication. It's not affiliated with the, with the military. Man, uh, Tara Cop, T A R A C O P P. Why women were told don't get pregnant at George Air Force Base blew me away. And she interviewed three women uh, whom I am very close friends with today, Kate Kelly and Lisa McRae and um, uh, gosh, who else? Uh, yeah, three women. And, uh, you know, I, I just, uh, oh, Denise Torrey, three of them. And, you know, somebody posted something, one of the women who served George Air Force Base in the, in the early 90s posted something on Facebook, said, I'm being nostalgic, and does anybody have any pictures of George Air Force Base, you know, from the early 90s? Mm -hmm. uh, and then somebody posted, said, I, I, I was there, um, but I think I got sick from there. And then somebody posted, I had a miscarriage, and somebody else, I had a miscarriage. I had a stillborn. I had a stillborn. I had a hysterectomy. 300 women oh with stories of hysterectomies and stillborns you know, horrible stuff, and all of them with redacted records from the Air Force. Check it out. It's an amazing story. That got me on it. Um, and so since then, um, you know, I organized uh, a conference in California last year, uh, which never happened because of COVID. Um, you know, it was a 20-city tour, mm -hmm. uh, but we were to have these three women speak um, in, uh, in Berkeley and in San Francisco. Figure if anybody's going to listen to the story, that's going to be people in Berkeley and San Francisco, you know, an outside chance here in Maryland. I don't know, but, uh, that's um, eye opening stuff though. It definitely is. So, yeah. I mean, it's sad stuff. Uh, like Lisa for, I mean, uh, Denise, oh my God, Denise had one child. She had several miscarriages and a hysterectomy after that. Her one child uh, Lauren, uh, is 34. She has, and she has had a hysterectomy. She had one child and her daughter had her period at 12 years old last year and didn't never stop bleeding and had a hysterectomy. And they all point to PFAS. This is bad stuff. So, so Pat, I, I, I do want to, you know, I, I, I want to warn you, and here comes a little bit more of a political statement, but uh, you may be appearing on a podcast with two bleeding heart liberals. Uh, and, and or at least I'm very liberal when it comes to issues of, of the environment. And, and uh, you know, one of the things, you know, I, I'm sure there are people out there who are watching or listening to this, who if they're still watching or listening are going, there go these two these two pinkos again uh, but I do want to demonstrate I mean there's a website that you sent me called saferstates.com that lists the states that have enacted legislation uh, with respect to these sorts of toxins and, and Maryland is amongst them and of course Maryland's uh, at least a presidentially blue state uh, my contention is that it's very purple uh, in terms when it comes to state and local races uh, but then other very reliable liberal states like New York, Connecticut, Rhode Island, Massachusetts uh, are listed. Also your purple states, uh, your Pennsylvania, your Ohio, your Michigan, Wisconsin, Florida, North Carolina, um, and, uh, and, and your western states who kind of do their own thing, your California, Oregon, Washington. But then there's also um, Utah and Nevada and Nebraska and Iowa and Arkansas and Tennessee and Georgia and South Carolina and mm -hmm. West Virginia. So, you know, I would caution anybody there, um, anybody out there in listener or viewer land to think that uh, this is a wild-eyed liberal cause, I would caution them to think again. Um, I and, and Pat, I also know, I mean, we've had um, 
several state legislators who listen to this podcast. We've had several of them on the podcast. I know a number of them pay attention. And, and I know on the Military Poisons website, you have a petition for people in Maryland to sign. Tell, tell us more about that and what you're looking for people to do. Well, you know, the petition is basically a legislative wish list, you know. Uh, uh, but, you know, it's one thing to, uh, you know, sound the alarm. It's another thing to give people a kind of roadmap, you know. Uh, so let me just go through this. I mean, we need, we need, first of all, um, to establish maximum contaminant levels, um, in Maryland's drinking water. Um, you know, we haven't done that. And, and actually at the EPA has not, uh, established maximum contaminant levels. The EPA instead has an advisory of 70 parts per trillion where, you know, Harvard professors and Harvard Public Health and Northeastern University and the Environmental Working Group and a whole litany of respected scientists say we shouldn't be drinking more than one part per trillion of this stuff daily. Um, and so um, Maryland has done nothing uh, but just uh, allow people to continue to drink the PFAS. And uh, so we have like 3,600 public water systems in the state. Let's follow the lead of New England states. Uh, let's follow the lead of, of uh, Massachusetts and Vermont, and let's test them. It's like COVID, okay? That's first. And then, and then you know, we need to set PFAS, you know, contaminant levels. And, and we need to, um, to set contaminant levels for surface water. Um, and Gosh, um, we need to test um, uh, around industrial sites. All you have to do is, is, is Google uh, Teflon products, Google manufacturing PFT, Google manufacturing processes, PFAS, Google uh, those types of things um, in Maryland, and you'll find a list of, of, of industries that... Um, uh, either uh, put together products containing PFAS or manufacture products um, containing PFAS and then examine the water near them. Of course, examine the water near military installations throughout the state. And heck, I think they're about, um, uh, you know, we know that the military has admitted 16 have used PFAS, but I believe that there are about 80 that probably have. So we need to do that. We need to test our crabs and we need to test our fish. Here's a point that I, I didn't make earlier, but um, about two thirds of all the PFS, PFAS in our bodies is from, um, is from food. And most of it comes from seafood because it's bioaccumulative. You know, it's not the drinking water. The drinking water um, we're, throughout the country, we're slowly getting it together. Um, because all you have to do really is filter the stuff through um, this granular activated carbon. So try to imagine like something half the size of your living room filled up with little carbon bits and you put water through that and it comes out the other end uh, pretty cleaned of PFAS. So we can treat this stuff. It costs a lot of money, don't, don't get me wrong, um, but it's the seafood. And um, I mean, just imagine, uh, you know, uh, the state of Maryland banning crabs. The stuff gathers in the mustard and it, it and uh, of the crab. Don't eat the mustard in the crab. So do the PCBs that you were talking about earlier. Um, so does the mercury. Um, so you got to be careful there. What else? Um, we got to test private wells near industrial and military facilities. People that live um, close to military bases are really threatened. I mean, we've got, yeah, you know, Chesapeake Beach, for instance, has 240,000 parts per trillion in the ground. You're not supposed, you're only supposed to drink one, you know, per day. And we have people that live a thousand feet, Karen Drive, Dalrymple Drive, from the burn pit that's been used since 1969. Come on, we've got to get with the program. Uh, and take care of people. We need to test sewer sludge. 
you know, um, before it's slathered on fields. And we need to, to uh, set maximum contaminant levels for sewer sludge. And I'm almost done, guys. Um, we need to... Um, we need to create a fund in the state of Maryland to allow people uh, to have their private wells tested, you know, and, and uh, you know, we need to ban all PFAS in Maryland. It needs to be banned, not the lazy. You mentioned it earlier, Bill. <laughs> you mentioned a story earlier about the kind of laughing at the state of Maryland, right? Right. I mean, right. It's like, you know, we we're go we went in the wrong direction. We need to ban it in firefighting foams. We need to ban incineration, and we need a law that says we ban exporting the stuff to be incinerated other places. Because really, Maryland lives matter, but lives everywhere matter. You can't incinerate the stuff, so we can't create it here, put it through sludge, and then and then send it off for in incineration. And then we, you know, we need to uh, ban it in food packaging because that's another, you know, pathway to human ingestion. But you right. asked, there's the answer. Yeah, and it's a great answer. And 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 Pat, I mean, as as environmentally conscious as this state is, I mean, I I can't imagine that there couldn't be a, a groundswell up on 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 these issues. But but as you stated earlier, I mean, fear. Okay. Or some reason yeah concern of being perceived as anti-military anti-first responder in the, in the case of you know the the firefighting foam i mean it's it's uh it's it's a little bit wrong it's more than a little bit wrong-headed yeah. um, well, you know when i got into this bill you know I, I i'm a pacifist you know like i'm a type like a catholic pacifist go figure you know and and you know I, I um but I, and an anti-militarist. I mean, there are people like me, like Quakers, you know, Mennonites, uh, you know, peaceniks. I'm one of those guys. But with this program, you know, I, I you know the heck with the military stuff. That, that's that's you know coincidental. You know, now it's not the military thing. It's it's that you know. Uh, Denise's granddaughter, you know, had her first period and never stopped bleeding. It's right. Tara Cop documenting 300 women who had their military records redacted. You know, this is just uh, shrapnel here. The military is a secondary thing of it. Um, you know, regardless of where the PFAS may come from, it could come from industry. Right. The state of Maryland needs to get on get on the ball. I, 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 Jason has been has been jumping at me wildly to ask one last question, and I unfortunately cannot respond to him because uh, the uh, the Zoom is telling me that Jason Boones is not part of this meeting. Which <laughs> indeed, he is. Oh, wow. So, Jason, I am lobbing the birdie your way, sir. Uh, <laughs> Thank you. Uh, well, I mean, you've obviously, uh, Pat, gone over uh, several uh, policy areas uh, where there could be reform uh, in the state of Maryland. Uh, just if you had to point out one call to action for someone who's interested in environmental issues, um, are there organizations they should turn to? Are there websites they should go to to read more on these issues? What would you tell such a person to do? Well, I would go uh, first to the Environmental Working Group. Um, this is a, a uh, just a, a first-rate organization that pulls from scientists, uh, New York, Michigan, Northeastern University, Boston, uh, and and really uh, they are the go-to uh, for uh, cataloging the science and uh, pushing for. Uh, you know, uh, legislative reforms, not so much in the states. They could do a better job as far as documenting where we are with states. J.D. Supra uh, is a law uh, tracking organization. Um, you know, they, uh, I, I think Bill mentioned earlier, Safer States. They do even better job than Safer States documenting where individual states are. Uh, mm -hmm. In Maryland, we really don't have anybody um, that I've been able to find uh, that is working on PFAS um, um, exposure. You know, it's it's COVID time, you know? 
and and uh, we're all busy. And you can imagine what it's like, you know, for me. I mean, I'll send out these things on PFAS, and yeah, people are working on the death penalty. <laughs> you know, you know what I mean. Uh, and and it just hasn't really gotten a great deal of traction in the state of Maryland. That's different up in New England. Uh, you know, look to New Hampshire, uh, Peace Air Force Base. Uh, you know, testing for peace is one heck of an outfit. Google that one and uh, and see what Andrea Amico and her group are doing. Um, they're they're a phenomenal group and they're way ahead of the. I mean, we've we've had we've traced seventy people who have died of cancer, different organ cancers in the last year, uh, attributed to PFAS. They all served at Peace Air Force Base, so they're at that level. I mean, here Maryland hasn't even tested the water. So, but I mean, when I want to point my finger, it's Annapolis. Annapolis had drinking water of, with 70,000 parts per trillion, one of its wells up till two years ago. Um, you know, the Arundel Patriot. Have you all heard of the Arundel Patriot? I have heard of it. Yeah, yeah, Google that. Google Arundel Patriot PFAS, uh, Annapolis. Um, really, Annapolis had uh, the most contaminated water of any city in the United States, 70,000 parts per trillion. And when the, 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 the guy in charge of the water system in Annapolis was called on it, he said he didn't know what it was. Didn't know what, this was a year and a half ago. That's where we are. And, uh, you know, working with the Maryland General Assembly last year, you know, I became rather frustrated. And I'm, you know, I've been around the block working with the General Assembly. They're not interested. Well, one would think if they were to drink water in, in Annapolis, they may become suddenly more interested, but I suppose it's an education campaign. So they are drinking. Jason, you got it, man. It's it's education. But yeah. but seventy thousand times the uh uh actual uh safe level of uh P PFAS in, in drinking water auto uh ought to uh, harden the insides, uh, no pun intended, of uh, even the most jaded Annapolitan. Well, I'm sure now they've, they've set up the, you know, their, their granulated uh, activated carbon systems. And, you know, I'm, I'm sure they've, they've got it somewhat under control. We've made that much of a fuss. Well, I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure. I would. I would have faith in in Mayor Buckley and and the administration in Annapolis and the city of Annapolis. But but you highlight many 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 shortcomings on our state level. Uh, and and having a, you know, ha having a, a fairly activist, uh, uh, progressive uh, legislative delegation in Central Maryland. Um, you know, hopefully. Uh, one or more of those folks who who like to uh, take in this show will will uh, pay attention and and take heed. Well, I appreciate uh, that, Pat. So. Pat, uh, any anything you want to say in closing? Just Google PFAS health. You know. When people listen to me, I've been told, you know, they think I am uh, exaggerating. Uh, it's just too much to get your head around in a half an hour or an hour. Um, and so, just just Google it. You'll you'll see uh, that um, that this is uh, an existential threat. You know, when when Rachel Carson wrote of um, chemicals being an existential threat to humanity. She didn't know these things existed, but these are PCBs and asbestos and Agent Orange wrapped up in one, man. Bad stuff. It, it is, uh, I, I myself Googled PFAS health risks um, earlier today, and uh, it is truly frightening and sobering. Um, so I appreciate that suggestion, Pat. Um, and, and, and thank you for being on the show and, and certainly uh, you would be welcome to come back anytime. We'd love to have you. Cool. Well, let's and, see if we get any feedback from it. Uh, you know, thank you guys. I hope so. Uh, so again, um, you know, I would also urge the website www.militarypoisons.org 
which can which features a lot of Pat's work on uh, PFAS and also contains the petition I mentioned and also contains uh, interesting articles about uh, the about PFAS um, around the country and around the world. Um, Jason, do you have anything in closing? No, no concluding thoughts uh, other than uh, uh, going to enjoy watching the, the Biden speech tonight. Yeah, me too. <laughs> that me would too. Be, that I mean, I, 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 I am such a uh, schizophrenic, right? I'm a Bernie guy, you know, and, and, and I guess we're, we're kind of, well, that's right. This thing's going to be edited anyway, right? So... I don't know where you guys are, but it's, 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 it's fried beans, man. We don't, we don't edit this once we start recording. I mean, that shows. I mean, and I'm outnumbered. I was originally Klobuchar, and, and you two are uh, Bernie dudes. Are you a Bernie dude there, uh, Jason? I am indeed. Yeah, I love the guy. I don't know. Go AOC. <laughs> exactly. That's the, there's the future of the movement. Oh, goodness, we have bonding right here. I love it. <laughs> Doesn't take much. All right, man. Well, thanks. Well, Pat, Pat Elder, thank you again for being a great guest. Jason, as always, thank you for being a terrific, stupendous, splendiferous co-host. I got that one out. Yeah, you did. What was the other word you tried to use? In the in the and I can't say it. What was it? I saw it. I can't say it. Uh, no, Indefatigable. 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 I don't yeah, know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I just, it's supercalifragilisticexpialidocious. Oh, well, you can say that. that that's right. <laughs> so uh, for Jason Booms, my name is Bill Woodcock. Join us on Sunday as we break down the DNC and tear down next week's RNC before it even begins. You have been watching or listening to another edition of Forward Maryland. Have a great day, everybody. Take care. All right. We are... It's like we're still Yes, we recording. need to stop recording. How do we stop recording? Dude, are we done recording? I think we're done recording. You have to do a hard... Uh... <laughs> this is funny. <laughs> stop.